Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place pad. Let me do that again. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I am talking about Dr. Chris Cullen. Chris, Dr. Cullen, (laughs) how the hell are you, my friend? I am great, buddy. I am not quarantined. Well, I'm kind of quarantined. I'm hanging out in the house right now, and we are dealing with a pandemic right now in the country and the world, and here we are podcasting about the Miami Dolphins in the offseason, so it's a fucking great time to be alive. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i at home. You're at home. We are following the orders of our government, of our CDC, of the World Health Organization, and just about everyone else. We are staying home. We are podcasting, giving you bonus content here in the town of Perfectville, uh, mainly because we have nothing else to do, Chris. I don't know about you in North <laughs> Carolina, but here in California, they have closed my daughter's school until April 14th, which is about a month from now. I think you guys are uh, closed down or close to be closed down. Two weeks down. from now. Okay, so you have a two-week quarantine. We have a month-long quarantine over here for schools. Uh, they've shut down the bars, Chris. Uh, that's how you know Ooh. shit is serious. They have shut down the bars here in California. Governor Gavin Newsom just came out earlier today here on Sunday and said, no more bars. Um, so we're done with the bars for the next two weeks. We have nothing else to do. We're just going to podcast. The problem, Chris, is that not only did they shut down the bars and the schools and, and, and all kinds of things, uh, they've also shut down, rumor has it, they have shut down the thing that we talked about on the last episode, Chris. Uh, I think they are shutting down the NFL draft. Mm. So uh, I know you're doing well, um, but I know that's just a facade and you're lying because they shut down the draft uh, in Las Vegas in April, or at least they're about to, which means uh, you and your lovely wife, for the first time having an adult vacation, will not happen. <laughs> uh, you and I, bro- bro- broadcasting and podcasting live from Las Vegas during the draft, will not happen. Uh, me doing stand-up comedy in Las Vegas during the draft will not happen. Uh, all because, uh, you know, this pandemic. So uh, leave it to the year that we're actually going to get together and do everything in person for uh, a deadly outbreak to happen across the planet and ruin our fun. Look, I joked before on earlier podcasts and earlier episodes about 33 being my favorite number, um, but let's not joke around. I'm cursed. Um, I'm cursed. We're cursed. The curse is real. Um, 33. I, I turned 33 about a few weeks ago, February 26th, and uh, now the time is here. Uh, somebody said something. I, I saw something in the news where like it's like the worst – uh, Wall Street dip since 1987. Yes, um, that was the year I was born. <laughs> this is your fault. Yeah, it's, it's I'm I'm literally cursed. I'm telling you guys, I'm admitting it. It's me. Put me out of the pasture, old yeller me. I don't know what you have to do, but like 33 years. I was born in 1987. Here's my 33, my favorite year. Hey, it's fun. 2020 is the worst year in history. Kobe died. 
Uh, the well, Wall Street's crashing. The coronavirus is here. Like everything is terrible this year. And I, and I said it on Twitter and I said it on Facebook, and I didn't get a lot of traction. A little bit, but I'm gonna say right now that this this is the nerd's fault for posting this. Uh, the whole like if you start Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War at nine forty eight or whatever it was, um, Thanos will snap and and destroy half the universe at midnight 2020 that's their fault because this year has been terrible we have nowhere up to go but up from here but they're already talking about the draft being postponed or moved or being done via fax i don't know what year it is <laughs> and then we're not we're not going to vegas like this is just it's terrible sam and and now we're sitting here and we're quarantined and it's the weirdest thing ever. We bought everybody's buying toilet paper. We have a lot of meat. We have alcohol. I'm not going to work tomorrow because I'm not bringing sickness to my son's school. Like you said, schools closed. Like it's crazy. What the fuck is going on? Uh, the end of the world. That's what's going on. That that is yeah. what's happening here. We should just be playing REMs. The end of the world. Right here when on the this Dolphins podcast. have a hundred million dollars in cap space and a million picks in the draft, of course the world will end. Yeah, and and I actually had to cancel my daughter's seven year old birthday party. Her birthday is actually mm. on March twenty second, which would be next Sunday. We're recording this on Sunday, the the Sunday before. Uh, I had to cancel it today. I was talking to her on the phone, and I was very upset about it, as as was she. But this is what she said, Chris. She said, "You know, I, I understand that we have to cancel it, but if we cancel it, can I?" get two parties later as a makeup and I immediately agreed to it and I realized that she literally just traded out of this round and picked up a secondary draft party pick (laughs) you know for later so she traded down she traded her party down to a later date and picked up a second party and I was just thinking she's already a better GM than Jeff Ireland ever was for the Miami (laughs) Dolphins so uh, shout out to the person on Twitter who actually pointed that out. So uh, Chloe Ryan Marcoux eventually going to be the GM of the Miami Dolphins, where she'll probably draft your son, uh, Zachary Cullen, there to uh, to play running back and defensive end and everything else that monster plays in football. So uh, the future is bright. We just have to get there, assuming we all don't drop dead from uh, from coughing and sneezing and dying and all that other fun stuff. Well, and that's where, like I, I said to my wife today, I said, look, I, I want to go to the draft. I want to be there. I want to be on the air. I want to podcast with Sam. I want to see Travis. I want to see Tua get picked via boat uh, by the Dolphins, possibly. Like I I, want to be there, of course. Vegas, the lights, everything. Sin City, it sounds incredible. But then I said to her, I said, look, it's a month away. Uh, We're not even at the peak of this shit uh, as far as the coronavirus goes. Uh, Do we really want to be in the desert with 750,000 people? Like I don't know if that is healthy and the thing we really want uh, considering. So maybe it's an omen. Maybe it's a God to me. We're not cursed. Maybe it worked out and we're not going to be there. Who knows? Um, knowing my luck, it'll get postponed in May. I'll go in May and I'll sprain my ankle and, you know, lose my shit in blackjack. So regardless, I, maybe it'll work out. There's bigger fish to fry right now. The shit's going down. The league year's still going to start at the normal time from what I've heard so far from Adam Schefter and, and the others, but the draft is most likely uh, null and void. Well, the draft isn't going to happen April 22nd, 23rd, 20, you know, that, that, <laughs> that weekend of April. That's for sure not going to happen. It will happen at some point. And here's what I'm proposing here, Chris. I'm going to put this on the air, and I'm also videotaping myself as I say this. I say, uh, here's what I did last Friday. All of my shows got canceled. Everything got canceled for comedy, uh, essentially, especially now that the bars are shut down, essentially for the end of March and well into April. Uh, so I'm out of work. I'm, I am now unemployed. I'm a homeless person living in this house. Mm. And... Uh, 
I, here, here's what I'm going to propose here. I say whenever the draft comes up, because last Friday, here's what I did. I actually set up a camera in my living room. I put an iPad inside of a toaster. That's right. I put an iPad in into a toaster. And New logo is great, by the way. That was yeah, amazing. Uh, tablet and Toaster Productions, Tit Pro. And uh, I, I recorded myself doing comedy for about an hour. And it worked out so well that I have comics now hitting me up trying to get booked in my living room. Like, that's how desperate the live event uh, culture is right now because everything is canceled. Here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I think when the draft happens, that first round, you and I, we hop on the mic, we hop on Facebook Live, and we just put on a draft host party wherever you are at, wherever I am at, whatever you're drinking, whatever I'm drinking, and we just talk shit. We have all the draft picks. Uh, the Patriots have a pick. Uh, the Bills have a pick. The, the Jets have a pick. We don't give a shit, but we're going to shit all over them. We've got three mm. draft picks. We might have four. We might have two. We might trade up. We might trade down. Who knows what's going to happen? We can still have fun. We can still make the best of this, citizens of Perfectville. Chris Cullen, Dr. Chris Cullen, and Sam Sam Marcu on Thank Facebook you. Live Thursday, whenever that's going to be, if it's on a Thursday, the first round of the NFL draft. I say you and I, we figure out where we need to be and how we do it. And we have ourselves a simulcast Facebook Live draft analysis party right here in the great city of Perfectville. That sounds great. That sounds like we are progressive. We are completely taking on the world. We are saying, hey, look, technology is available. We could do something bigger and better than just a podcast. We don't have to be live in person there in Las Vegas. We can do something big for the draft, and we could do it for our fans, for the listeners, for people that want to see it, and we could be live on Facebook or on YouTube or whatever you want to do on Twitch, whatever you want to do. Uh, that sounds great. Sam, I'm in. Count me in. This is literally us talking about this for the first time. So um, count this as everybody listening as witnesses. I'm in on this. I'm totally on board. This is my virtual handshake that I'm in. Let's do it. And virtual handshaking is the only acceptable type of handshake you can have in this country anymore. So, Chris, I appreciate you not actually touching me, uh, but yes. virtually touching me. Virtual touching. That's that's how, you know, on Demolition. Demolition Man, where everybody kind of like yeah. high fives and spins it. Demolition Man, great movie. Exactly. It's going to be online dating and virtual touching. That's what it is here going forward here in 2020 and beyond. Speaking of 2020 and beyond, we do have an actual topic to talk about, break down, mm-hmm. discuss, and give you uh, pointers on. And that happens to be the new CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement for the NFL, that was just ratified yesterday, Chris, on Saturday. Uh, just in Perfectville fashion, you and I put out a podcast earlier this week talking about the five most important things that the Miami Doll fans and citizens of Perfectville need to be available uh, and, and aware of right now. And the one thing, probably the most important thing, that we did not even bring up on that podcast was <laughs> the impending vote for the CBA, which could have shut down the NFL <laughs> coronavirus or not, and you and I just completely blanked and didn't even talk about Fuck it, it whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that important. <laughs> Fuck it. Labor, uh, labor disputes. Who cares? That's not important. The draft and us not having fun. That's more important. No, absolutely. And it's funny you say that because the last time this came up, there was a holdout. There was a whole a whole big issue. Yeah. This really could have been, been worse than it was, but they uh, came to agreement. And I don't know if it was the coronavirus and things going on that forced the vote. The vote was very close. Very it was close. very close. And a lot of guys did not vote. That's a big talk today on NFL Network on Sunday. Uh, normally not a big news day in the offseason, but it was very big today. All the guys were talking about how there's a lot of people that did not vote did not vote, and it was a very close vote, and uh, still voted in favor of the CBA being agreed to. So we have another 10 years of football, 10 years of fun, but there's a lot of changes, Sam, and that's going to be the driving force of our show. 
Absolutely. So just to put this in perspective of how close this was, 60 votes, 119 mm. to 959 is how this got ratified as a wow. yay versus a nay. Now, that's pretty damn close. And uh, as you said, a lot of people did not vote. And a lot of those people probably uh, were against this CBA for a bunch of reasons. Um, this could have easily swayed the other way, but it didn't. And those people don't get a right to bitch because they did not vote uh, in the CBA here. So it is approved. It is ratified. And you're right. There are a lot of changes. And a lot of those are obviously going to affect the Miami Dolphins. So we're going to do this here. Uh, we're going to break this down. Your top three, that's right, one, two, Ooh. three changes in the CBA. Are you ready, Chris? I'm so ready, man. I am ready to. Number three here. Number three. Okay. Number three uh, is, I think, the big one here, Chris, and that is the 17-game regular season. Mm. So for a very long time, uh, ever since the 70s at some bar, maybe the early 80s, uh, NFL has already always had 16-game season. Prior to that, it was 14 games. In fact, uh, the podcast this is named after, the 1972 Miami Dolphins had a 14-game regular season, but it's always been 16 games for as long as I've been around and as long as you've been around since that disastrous 1987, like you talked about, stock market year. Um, now it's going to be 17 games as early as the 2021 season. Now this changes a lot of things. Uh, number one, obviously one more regular season game. Uh, that means more um, more football, which on the surface as a fan, more regular season football is always a great thing. Nice. Um, but yep. scheduling wise, how is this going to work? How are we going to have, we used to have eight home games and eight away games. Now you're going to have an uneven amount of games. Uh, does somebody going to get, uh, are they going to rotate one extra home game every other year? Or how is that going to work? Is everyone going to do a neutral site game in London or Mexico? I don't know how the, the, the machinations of this schedule is going to work. Do we get two buys instead of one? Um, how is this going to extend the season? How is it going to shorten the preseason? Does the postseason now go into May? I mean, who knows what the heck is going to happen with this 17-game season as early as the 2021 uh, season start there, Chris? Well, a lot of things that I'm hearing and a lot of things that I've heard on NFL Network is uh, they're going to take advantage of this odd number game and they're going to do great things with it. They're going to try to expand the league, expand football and really get eyeballs on it. So you're talking like things like Canada, uh, Mexico, London, like games where like you can like really get the NFL bigger and better. How can we expand this? How can we get more eyeballs on this? How how can we get more fans that are going to buy merchandise, watch our product and what are they going what are we going to do with it so it's a, it's an odd number game yes so now obviously they're not going to be able to do that with everybody so like you said there's going to be a year where you have an odd number of home games as opposed to an odd number of road games that's already been happening like you mentioned already uh, a home game quote unquote I'm doing the finger quotes is a Mexico game or a London game and you lost a home game in your stadium in Miami or whoever's listening your home team so we're already doing that we're already at this point it's fine Um, if they can somehow make it to where it's a neutral site something where they can like make it a big spectacle i'm all for that like you said more football is great for us as fans obviously these guys are playing another game in football now and they're competing and they're contact everything like that physical uh beings coming uh about it and uh, like the injury aspect is there of course but as a fan i'm just speaking as a fan right now this is great it's another game it's another game i can watch that means something like you said we're never going to go we're never going to go eight and eight again we're never going to go nine and seven again uh after 2020 so that's, that's so great weird. fantastic 
it's weird because like we've always been known to be eight and eight, nine and seven. So now we have to change everything. So hopefully we just like, go on like the win winning side of things. That'd be fantastic. But it also expands the playoffs starting this season. That's a big thing. It's like well, fourteen. Well, let, let, let's just uh, let's just wait on that here because I, I I do want to talk right. about that. But uh, I do want to. That's I wanna, a tease. Yeah, I want to focus on this just a little bit more. And here's why. Um, you, you mentioned the seventeen game season. Uh, we may have to alternate and, and have you know eight home games and nine away games and then switch the next year. It is a little different than what they do now when they do the London and Mexico series, though, because even though you're not at home and you don't have that home base to pull from in terms of your fans, uh, you still get that revenue as the home team if you're in London or if you're in Mexico, don't you? I mean, now you're looking at, okay, I'm going to play 17 games, and the majority of these are going to be road games. I'm not going to get as much revenue as, let's say, the New England Patriots who are in our division, and they have nine home games and eight eight away games. I mean, I'm not sure how that's going to work unless they're going to chop up that extra 17th game and then just do revenue sharing across all the league. I don't really know. So there's that thing that they have to figure out. Number two, scheduling wise, is this mean we're going to have rotating bye weeks throughout the entire season or mm. how is that going to work? Who are we going to play? Who's the other team? Because like right now, the way it works is we play six of our 16 games against the AFC East. Then right. we always play, you know, like opponents. So let's just say we're playing the NFC East. We'll play all four of those teams. So that would be 10 games right there then we're going to play the AFC West so the entire AFC East would play the AFC West there's 14 games right there out of the 16 the other two games are the ones that are kind of rotating right well if you finish third then you're going to play the third place team in the NFC North and the third place team in the AFC South or whatever the rotation is it's pretty easy to figure out the schedule now you've got this extra game where is that coming from are you going to play uh, the other third place team in the other divisions that you aren't already scheduled to play or how is that even going to work so I'm, I'm I am interested in that. And then you'd mentioned something off the air here, Chris, that I think is very interesting. What does this do for the thousand yard rusher? What does this do for the, you know, 4,000 yard passer? All of those records that everyone was set, whether it's Dan Marino, Emmett Smith, whether it's, uh, you know, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, all of those single season records and even career records are going to be up in the air because you now have extra games. You now have regular season games and extra games. So over the course of 16 years, you're actually going to have an additional an additional season on everybody going forwards uh, overall records. So all of the records from here forward after they start the 17-game season, Chris, how are they going to handle that? Are they going to put an asterisk, as you suggested, or are they just going to say, well, hey, that's what it is. It used to be 14, now it's 16, and now it's 17. Deal with it. I mean, I'm so fascinated as to how this is going to uh, screw up the record books. Yeah, no, and, and, and not just the record books. Let's talk about two years ago. Two years ago, say Todd Gurley signed a five-year contract that said it had like a trigger in it to where if he had a thousand-yard season, he gets another one point two million in his contract, a bonus, yeah. right? Then now all of a sudden he has an extra game to do that, like, and that's a contract that's binding, like that's that's there. He signed it. That's the deal. So. How does this extra game change all of that? Not just the record books. We've already, we've talked about that. That happened before when it was 14 games, now 16. You know, like somebody being a thousand yard rusher is just the norm now. That, that means you're a great running back. Or if you have 10 sacks as a defensive end, you're a great defensive end. Or if you have 35 yards, uh, 35 touchdowns passing as a quarterback, you're a great quarterback. Now all of a sudden there's another game.
game. You can have another four touchdown passes in that game, and all of a sudden 39, 40, 42 is the norm as far as touchdown passes or 13 sacks is is the norm as far as a defensive end. And like 1,300 yards rushing is the norm as yeah. far as running back. So these triggers and these things in these contracts are all different now. They're all changed. Just adding one game, it's it's completely different skewed. And absolutely, um, uh, it adds an asterisk to it if, if you're actually looking at it from a point. Like, yeah, O.J. Simpson did these things. The Miami Dolphins went undefeated with 14-game season. No one's uh, diminishing what they did in those years and what they said. But, of course, that always comes up in context. They say, well, yeah, they went undefeated, but it was only a 14-season, uh, regular season, 17 total as far as playoffs and, and, and Super Bowl. So context matters. And now all of a sudden, 17 is just a regular season. And now playoffs with an extra team, each conference, like things have changed now. Everything we, you and me know, and everybody listening to the show knows about NFL football is completely different. Yeah, it really is. And you, you've talked about it twice now, so we'll just make that number two. Number two. Moving on from the 17-game season, also starting in 2020, so not even 2021. We have a year to figure out the schedules in the 17-game season, Chris. We do not have a year to figure out this new playoff format where each uh, each conference, AFC and NFC, will now get an extra playoff team. Uh, so we're going from having 12 teams in the playoffs, six in each conference, to uh, 14 teams in the playoffs, seven in each conference, which actually has huge implications all the way across the board here, Chris. So uh, number one, I want to get your immediate thoughts on what do you think of adding an additional team into the playoffs for each conference? Let's just start there. I love it. I mean, more football, the better. So uh, the playoffs to me is um, getting into the fight, get, getting into the fight. Like everybody knows about tryouts and, um, you know, like prelims, preliminations and things like that. Once you get there, the game is over. Like it's different. All bets are off. Everybody's zero and zero. When you're it, it, the NFL season, such a different monster compared to major league baseball to um the nba everything's different because there's a time where you could be really dominant in the very beginning of a season and then all of a sudden injuries take a toll or if you have a early by week um things really are different for you compared to another team and you if you get to the playoffs momentum is a huge thing in the nfl there's only 16 soon to be 17 games momentum is a huge deal. And if you have the momentum riding high at the end of a season to the playoffs, you could be a dominant team that makes a difference. Look at the Tennessee Titans this past season. Yeah. They started what four and four and five, four and six, something like that. Ryan, Ryan Tanhill took over who just got a huge contract. Congratulations to him. Um, got a huge contract. The, the, the Tennessee Titans were just like another run of the milk, random team. And then, then they're beating the Baltimore Ravens who started hot who were huge, but like the Tennessee Titans came in and did the right things. They had a run game, they had a defense, they just made turnovers happen, they bend, they didn't break when they got in the red zone, and they won games. This extra team getting added is nothing but good things for a fan. You're just adding another team that can possibly play spoiler, and no one loves a spoiler more than a fan of the entertainment world, of, of, of wrestling, of football, anything. You want to see somebody that you're not expecting to win, win. And if that happens, if you don't have a dog in a fight like us Dolphins, 
fans haven't had for a long time, then you just want more things in the pot to make it fun, make it entertaining. And this extra game, extra team on each side does that. Now, all of a sudden, there's an extra team that like would have been out years prior. It could maybe make a run like the Giants did when they beat the Patriots. They're undefeated season, and they beat them in the Super Bowl. They were like 8-8 eight and eight in a wild card team. You just bring a team that's getting hot at the right moment. NFL football is that type of sport where if you're getting hot at the right time, you can make things happen. Yeah, so my immediate reaction is to hate it, I, and and I still don't love it. So I, I actually disagree with you there, which is rare That's for fine. us because usually you and Very I, rare. usually you and I are on the same page when it comes to <laughs> stuff like this. But I am going to preface this: I hated when Major League Baseball went to the wild card format. I absolutely detested it. I thought it was ruining the uh, integrity of football, or I'm sorry, of, of baseball. That's how much I hated it. I thought it was going to ruin the integrity of football on top of baseball. Um, I thought it was uh, just too much of a change for baseball, especially that sport that is so steep in tradition uh, to actually overcome and I was completely wrong the wild card has actually been a, a huge benefit to Major League Baseball I think it makes um, the sport more interesting for more teams and more fan bases there's uh, better trades um, people that maybe you wouldn't have traded for you will trade for because you're like shit I just need to get in the wild card then all bets are off whatever the case may be so I was wrong about Major League Baseball I think the wild card has been a huge benefit to Major League Baseball and their entire playoff format I think it's exciting so I'm willing to bet that this is going to be the case when it comes to the NFL as well. So I'll probably come around and be more on the side of for it than against it uh, as it happens. And now here's another reason why. If you're if you if you're the New England Patriots, if you are the Seattle Seahawks, if you are one of these teams that is a perennial contender and you're usually a one, two, three, or four seed, you probably hate the fact that there's going to be an extra team that has momentum getting into the playoffs every year looking to knock you off. It makes the playoffs harder for the upper echelon teams. Um, but the Miami Dolphins, thankfully, Chris are never going to be a number one seed ever again, as far as I can tell. <laughs> so we're more likely to capitalize on being the seventh seed and making it into the playoffs than we are being the number one seed and getting knocked down by that seventh seed. So this is probably going to be, at least in the short term, more of a benefit for the Miami Dolphins than a detriment. However, um, this is where it actually would have been a detriment if this had been into place last year. If this had been into place last year, the Pittsburgh Steelers would have been the seventh seed into the playoffs. Uh, mm -hmm. As it stands, they'd missed the playoffs, and we got their, what, number 17th or 18th pick overall yep. had they made the playoffs that team was actually good enough to knock off a couple of these higher seeded teams and go further into the playoffs and actually make the Miami Dolphins draft pick way worse than where it was right now at 17 or 18 so in some cases especially if you've made a trade with a team and they're on the fringe and they make it in now this can actually hurt you even if you're not in contendership so uh, it is a little bit of a roll of the dice now when you start to make trades and you do transactions with these other teams okay if we're getting their first round pick or their second round pick what does that really look like because if they make the playoffs they can make a run and this could be a complete game changer for us it's not going to be a good trade versus a trade where you go well look they're on the fringe if they don't make it we're locked in with a teen pick versus something that could be mid to late 20s so there's a lot of gamesmanship here going that's going to happen but I think overall long term it's probably going to be good for football I'm just against it right now because I uh, I fear change no, and and I agree with that. But like looking at where we are right now and where we have been, um, the Miami Dolphins. I agree with you completely. Um, 
benefit from this because we're going to be the team uh, hopefully soon not worrying about draft position and we're not trading our, our top players for draft picks for like teams that are perennially in the playoffs. We're going to be that playoff team that's like right there around 9, 10, 11 wins and then that extra team will be beneficial to us and once you're in, you're in. Everything's changed now. Like Even if you're on a road, it's just one game, baby. You just go in there, you play football and you win that game, you're on to the next one and that's what Tennessee did really good this year and I hope that's going to help another just you know random team get in that makes it fun for a fan to watch and uh, fans of teams that are we won five games without even trying last year so if we can actually build around this organization this front office and get draft picks and utilize the draft picks we have in the cap space we have we could be that team that's like actually taking advantage of that new uh, playoff rule next year and uh, this season and that'd be great it's interesting, man, because with this new 17-game uh, season, uh, having 10 wins isn't as impressive and not a guarantee to make it right. into the playoffs. But having this expanded playoff um, um, uh, roster, if you will, uh, also means that you could have a losing season and somehow make it in as well based on some Jeez. weird tiebreakers. So it's 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 making uh, football a lot more interesting in terms of uh, from the outside looking <laughs> in and seeing all the different scenarios that are out there. And that's part of it, right? That's part of why they're doing this is, A, having more meaningful games is better for the fans, and B, um, having your team, uh, your personal team, in this case the Miami Dolphins for you and I and all the Dolph fans and citizens of Perfectville, be relevant longer into the season helps engage those fans a little bit longer, right? So instead of being done by December 15th, if you're there January 2nd and you're still engaged and you're still buying the merchandise and you're still paying for you know NFL tickets and everything else, uh, that's a win-win-win for everybody involved. And you'd mentioned Tennessee, you'd mentioned um, – uh, a couple of things. So uh, the last thing here, number one on this list of top three things that you need to know about with the CBA. Number one. Is the fact that this is a lot more money for the players. Uh, they actually get 48%. They were at 47% on the on the current CBA. The new one that they just ratified and voted for gives them 48%. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot. That's a one-point move from one to the other. But that one percentage point represents millions upon millions of dollars that goes away from the owners and back to the players. Players. On top of that, as soon as this was ratified, it was notified to all the teams that the salary cap this year, Chris, was actually up to $198 million, if I'm not mistaken, which is $10 million more than the 2019 season, which means teams have more money this year already, right now, than they thought they were going to have. So this means more money for the salary cap. This means more money for people to go out and shop. The Miami Dolphins now have well over $100 million to work with, with free agency right around the corner, uh, which sounds amazing, especially since you get an extra $10 million to go out and shop. But the other side of that coin, Chris, all the other teams have more money as well. So you're starting to see teams gobble up their own free agents before the start of the new league year. And all these guys that we thought that we thought were going to be on the market will not be. Um, Costanzo, Anthony Costanzo, uh, offensive tackle for the Colts, just signed back with the Colts. Eric Armstead is most likely going to re-sign with the San Francisco 49ers. Our old friend, our old pal, Ryan Tannehill, just signed a contract Oof, for four years huge. and $700 trillion from the <laughs> Tennessee Titans. He got $120 million, $118 million to be exact, to turn around and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. I mean, what a gig if you can get it. It is, uh, is fantastic. And I'm not even shitting on him. I'm like, that's the job you want. That's the Matt Moore economics right there. How could I get paid? How do I stay employed without having to do a lot of work? And Ryan Tannehill learned from his mentor and backup quarterback, Matt Moore, and said, I'm going to go there where they have a 700-pound man beast back there that can run the ball, and I'm just going to turn around and hand it off and get paid. So more money for everyone, including the Miami Dolphins. What are your thoughts on the uh, the players getting a bigger piece of the pie and uh, the salary cap going up starting immediately? 
No, we joke that Ryan Tannehill made a lot of money, but he honestly is making as much as like the third string point guard for the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> like, I mean, I, honestly, like I, I joke, but seriously, the NFL is so far behind the MLB and the NBA as far as their players getting paid and guaranteed money. It's unbelievable. There's like random like backup power forwards on the Miami heat that are making more money than starting running backs in the NFL. It's disgusting considering the season is shorter, obviously because of the combat level of football. I played it. You in a random practice, you can get your fucking knee blown out by a random safety that just has the juice flowing and he wants to make a name for himself. This game of football is brutal it's intimidating. It's, it's tough. It is structurally sound to where guys do not last long for years and they're finally getting paid a little bit more than they should. Uh, and that's good. These guys need to be paid. These guys need to be paid more. They need more money. They need more structure. They made changes in the CBA as far as not suspending players for testing positive for uh, THC, AKA weed, marijuana. Ricky Williams played 10 years earlier than he should have yeah. because he would just be absolutely dominant in this league. Josh Gordon might be in now a player in the NFL um, coming back. But it, 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 the things, the changes they're making, again, Sam, we talked about this before. The XFL, again, is a, a leader in a pact of making the NFL make these changes. The XFL already did this. They came back, and I know they're not even having a lot of success. They've already canceled their season because of coronavirus, and um, they, they're not making a lot of ratings. Their ratings have gone down since the beginning. But I will say the changes they have made, the NFL has taken on. The XFL came out, and they the new XFL, the, the one that literally we watched a week or so ago, the Seattle fucking Super Snakes or whatever they are, and the Vipers of Tampa, these guys already came out and said, look, we're not going to suspend you for weed. That's stupid. Like, it's legal in a lot of states. Why would we do that? And now the NFL has been forced to do that and add that to their rule book. So the XFL is already again, like the first time with the cameras over overhead on the wires and cameras on the field and, and all the kinds of instant replay stuff. They're making changes and make, forcing the NFL to change their hand. And that's a good thing for us consumers. I love more money for them. They deserve it. They're busting their ass and getting killed out there and uh, more games for us to watch as a fan. It's a win-win. Yeah, so a couple things here. I wonder how they're going to actually retroactively uh, attack these uh, players that were suspended for for pot, right? The the, the people that were suspended, like a Josh Gordon, uh, over the years for testing positive for weed. Does this get expunged from his record, or is it just something that's grandfathered in, and then going forward it doesn't matter anymore? Um, I, I'm, I'm curious as to how that works. Uh, I'm also curious as to... Um, and by the way, it was the Seattle Dragons, not the Seattle Super Snakes. Although the Seattle <laughs> Super Snakes would have been an amazing name because then their initials would have been. Oh, look at you. And that's why you make the big bucks, my guy. I don't make any big bucks anymore. All my gigs have been canceled. That's why we're here doing another podcast. Twice Thanks, in Corona. One week. Yeah, it's usually, it's usually one podcast every two weeks. Now it's two podcasts in one week because we have nothing else to do and, other than And we might do children. three or four. Like, we have nothing else to do. Yeah, I do. I saw the funniest tweet the other day. It was this guy, and he says, day two, day two without NBA, and I just found out my girlfriend's favorite color is green. Uh, <laughs> And then he says, who the fuck likes green? <laughs> I just thought it was the best tweet in the world. Um, but you're right. I mean, they, they've expanded a lot of things, right? They're going to be ext expanded rosters uh, and practice squads. There's going to be changes, uh, more benefits for uh, current and former players. Um, weed is no longer going to be an issue for the NFL, which makes more sense there than it does in any other league, in my opinion. Um, so I, I appreciate all that. I'm glad that they were actually able to uh, 
um, ratify this. I am curious, though, my other question, getting back to that, I wonder how much influence our very own Ryan Fitzpatrick had on Mm. this vote going through, because it was only a 60-vote margin between yay or nay, and Ryan Fitzpatrick got a lot of run, a lot of publicity when he went on, I think, ESPN and Trey Wingo, if I'm not mistaken, and campaigned that he was going to vote yes. Now, you have a starting quarterback who's been in the league 14, 15 years, went to Harvard, a very smart, educated man who laid out why it made sense to vote yes on this. And if you had a lot of people in a very contentious CBA um, battle here amongst the players, if you had somebody who's sitting on the fence and you see a respected veteran, because we all know that Ryan Fitzpatrick has the respect of just about every player in every locker room at this point, because he's played for every freaking team that's out there. (laughs) I wonder how, I wonder if he swayed more than 60 people to uh, from the no side to the yes, or from the maybe to the yes. I'm, I'm very curious if Ryan Fitzpatrick is maybe one of the key reasons as to why this got ratified to begin with. Well, and it sounds funny, like like we're kind of joking because that's our podcast and that's what we do. But honestly, when you say that, and if you actually think about uh, the, the voters, the players, and they're sitting there, and if you went to, I don't know, Troy State University, and you played two years and you got drafted, you know, before your senior season, you didn't even get your degree in college, and all of a sudden you see Ryan Fitzpatrick is voting for something, and you're like, well, I'm on the fence, I don't really know much about it, but this fucking guy went to Harvard. Yeah. So I'm just going to agree with them. Like, I, I can see that completely. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, that's that's the voter mentality for everything. That's for middle school, for high school, for the presidential election. Like, literally, he can come out and just be like, hey, whatever. I'm the best president in the world. I'm going to clean the swamp. And people are like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, fuck it. You made the decision for me. It, he went to Harvard. And just ha- him having that background, just the complete – um I don't know, stereotype of going to that school there, Yale, you know, they're smart. That absolutely faltered the the vote. I I agree with you completely. Yeah, and it can. I mean, especially when somebody went to an Ivy League school. I'm going to tell you a story. The other day, I actually had to talk to a professor uh, from Stanford, which being a professor at Stanford right right there, immediately, I know this person is smarter than me. I mean, I just, if they're a professor anywhere, if they're a professor at like, (laughs) you know, I don't know, like Winton University or something like that, they're going to be uh, smarter than me because they're a freaking professor. But she was a professor at Stanford. And then I found out that she actually went to school at Cornell and then actually teached at Harvard prior to being at Stanford. And I'm like, you're the smartest human being I've ever had contact with. And whatever you say, I'm going to at least think about it, if not outright agree. So when somebody has an Ivy League education and they're, they're you know, stars in their field, you immediately get street cred with whoever it is you're talking to. And most of the time, people are just going to shake their head and nod because that person is smart and you feel like you're not smart and you don't want to look like a stupid person for disagreeing and you just go along like a sheep. <laughs> and uh, that's what I did with this lady. And I'm sure that's what a lot of players did with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So uh, I'm going to give credit. I'm just going to put it down right here on, uh, on Perfect Ryan Fitzpatrick is the reason why this con- this collective bargaining agreement has been ratified. That's right. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, is the reason why the CBA was ratified and that we now have labor peace for the next decade until 2030. So congratulations, Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is all because of you, and we appreciate you. 
Fitz magic. And and then I I'll I'll go ahead and call out since this is a crazy podcast, we're just doing this randomly via quarantine. She obviously also corrected you when you said she teached at Harvard and said she taught at Harvard. Um and that would be something that I'm sure the listeners of the show are really mad about right now. But um honestly, Sam, the one thing I want to throw out to you, this is fine. I'm infected. I, it's hurting my brain. I have a fever, I can't course, speak correctly. We all have these excuses. Here's one for me and, and for you i'm going to tell you this this is cool for me as a banker so uh a lot of the fans might not care but if there's a 17 game season that means just an extra week and then they're expanding the playoffs from 12 to 14 that might be another week too who knows they might lower preseason who knows but there's a possibility where the super bowl ends up on president's day weekend meeting you have monday off after the Super Bowl, Sam, people have been calling for that since the fucking 80s, probably. Like, everybody wants to have the money off after the Super Bowl. President's Day Monday, Super Bowl Sunday. What say you? There's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, that's in- that's incredible. No, and uh, I think it makes sense to actually play Hail to the Chief because the Chiefs are our Super Bowl champions, and it would be President's Day. Hail to the Chiefs because the Chiefs need hailing, or however that song goes. I don't really know. I think I stole that from Angry Old Man or Grumpy Old Man or whatever that movie was from the 90s. Uh, no, that actually makes sense. You're right. I think people should take Monday off after the Super Bowl because it is a national holiday in many, many yeah. respects. So if they do push the season out and then President's Day also becomes hangover day for the Super Bowl, um, that kills yeah two birds with one stone we don't have to declare a new holiday we just kind of roll it in and say hey this is how it works the nfl expands their season the nfl has more more games uh the nfl has more teams in the playoffs uh, the, the nfl players have more money uh the nfl fans have something to do so uh i, I your think company right. should be pushing for this they should be pushing for it because if you have the next day off I mean, really, it speaks for itself. Like, that's Super Bowl Party Central. Everybody now is all of a sudden comfortable hanging out, having people over. You have a day to recover. Legally, it's on the calendar already. Let's just that, – that should be a national thing. Let's make this a thing. Petition it. Perfect. Well, there bill. it is, ladies and gentlemen. Petition it. Uh, I know there's other things that are pressing right now in this country, but <laughs> probably priority number two should be making <laughs> sure that we have the Monday off after the Super Bowl so that we can all stay home and self-quarantine after drinking too much shitty American <laughs> beer and watching too much football. Uh, is there such thing as too much NFL, Chris? I mean, no. we are getting to that point. No? no. Okay. Well, that, no, that was Sam, a short you know, it's actually It's funny you said that. I was talking to our buddy Jason Jennings. He's uh, uh, in flames on, uh, on the fence. Uh, my buddy Jason. I've been you know, talking to him for a while, for years. And I was, I was telling him, I was like, I love the NFL because they're the only league that has an entire season. They own a day of the week, Sunday. Like, Sunday is just their thing. And then they have Monday night football and Thursday night football and the preseason and everything like that. But even in the offseason, they give us so much stuff. Like, today, I was watching the NFL Network and, like, Clayus Campbell got tra- traded to the Ravens, for, by yeah. the way, for the fucking fifth-round pick, which is unbelievable, a half-eaten sandwich. But I was intrigued. I was tied to the TV, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, even in their off season, like when baseball ends or basketball ends, you don't fucking think about it. You don't think about that sport. The NFL has done such an amazing job where they have spaced things out. Free agency has a date. Everybody knows. Oh, guys are going to sign right another team. You know, um, the the trade deadline ends here. Uh, the draft is this day. Um, minicamp starts this day. Even when games don't matter, things don't matter, we're intrigued. We're tied to it. And 
the NFL, just kudos to them, have done a great job for that. Even if they postpone the draft, there's we're still looking forward to it. And then tomorrow at noon, Sam, we're going to be sitting here. We're, we're, we're recording this Sunday night. Tomorrow at noon is Monday. Technically, the tampering period starts. We might know where Tom Brady's going to play next year or yeah. Philip Rivers. Like the whole, and, and that gets our interest and that gets us excited. And as fans, if you're a real big fan about the NFL, it's nonstop. And there's a couple weeks here or there, but like it's literally nonstop. And it, it's an exciting time right now. So we'll end this podcast with a little bit of a tease because you talked about legal tampering happening. Virtual tampering. Don't actually touch or tamper with anybody physically. You're not allowed to do that in this country anymore. Um, What's your prediction? What is your prediction right now? Who will be the big catch for the uh, Miami Dolphins in this free agent period? Because by the time you and I talk next, which actually might be in 20 minutes from now, depending on how uh, <laughs> we're just drunk we board. <laughs> yeah, but, but who do you think will be the big prize for the Miami Dolphins? Uh, what will be uh, who will be the guy? Oh, man, if you had to put me on a you know, gun to my head, I would say Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, running back for and I don't the know Los Angeles Chargers. It. Interesting. Yeah. So you think Melvin Gordon, I did hear, I did see something that he would be okay with coming to Miami for the right price, which kind of concerns me a little bit. But very yeah, talented right. running back, very talented running back. And we need a running back. We don't have a running back that's of starting caliber right now. So, uh, okay, okay, I like that. I wasn't thinking that. I, you just threw that right out there. I like that. Um, I'm going to go with Jack Conklin. I think we're going to shore up the right side of our line. Jack Conklin's a right tackle. I believe he's like 26, 27 years old. Uh, If you get a right tackle who can uh, pass block like Jack Conklin can, um, there's a certain left-handed quarterback that's coming out in the draft whenever the draft happens uh, that will need his blind side protected, and I think Jack Conklin does that. So I think Jack Conklin will ultimately be the big prize for the Miami Dolphins as an offensive right tackle. Uh, Chris says it's going to be Melvin Gordon. You know what? We have enough money. We can get both them some bitches and pair them up together. And I would be more than okay with that, Chris. What say you? Oh, yeah. Get them both, please. Give me a running back. Give me an offensive line and still have draft picks. I'm all for it. I'm all for it as well. So, well, look, this is a little bit of emergency podcast system. We, uh, in case of emergency, break glass. Uh, Chris and I did just that. We gave you an extra bonus podcast here of uh, Perfectville. We gave you the top three reasons why the CBA is important now that it's been ratified due to Ryan Fitzpatrick and his uh, <laughs> his his, uh, his campaign speech from, uh, from Twitter or whatever it is he did that from. Um, Chris, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? No, stay safe, stay inside, and uh, distance yourself socially. Distance yourself socially, which I've been doing for the last 20 years. So I feel like I'm a trendsetter here because I've just been not liking people or wanting to be around people on any real level uh, at all. So I'm glad that everyone else is finally on board. Um, On behalf of the two-time Hall of Famer, Dr. Chris Cullen, as well as myself, as well as the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Big Heads Media podcast network, goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.